Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Deuteronomy. Happy New Year, friends and faithful listeners. This is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast. And yeah, it's 2023. Can you guys believe it? It just feels like the years are flying by. <laughs> I'm going to be 30 very soon here. That just seems really weird to me. Like, I feel like I've been in my 20s for a really long time. And all of a sudden, I'm going to be in my 30s. Like, I'm a legitimate adult now or something. <laughs> I mean, I've been married for like eight years. But <laughs> I just I still don't feel like an adult. Most of the time, I don't act like an adult most of the time. But anyway, tell me how your New Year's Day was and what you did for New Year's Eve and how you celebrated the holiday. Contact me. You'll find my information in the bio of this podcast episode. But let's go ahead and read Deuteronomy 12 today. And I'm really excited to jump into this portion of scripture because this is talking about worship. This is a very, very fiery subject for me personally. I have been a part of various forms of worship since I've been 10 years old. When I was 10 years old, I was in my church choir at the Baptist church that I went to and I would sing (laughs) all the old hymns. But yeah, I've been interested and involved with various forms of worship for most of my life, actually. And so when I see portions of scripture that talk about worship and how it can become very unhealthy when we aren't worshiping God the right way. This is like a really fiery and interesting subject for me that I'm personally excited to delve into. So let's read Deuteronomy 12 verses 1 through 14 today. I'll be reading out of the World English Bible or the WEB version. Please feel free to grab the version of the Bible that you prefer and also your cup of coffee or your cup of tea. And then let's read this together. These are the statutes and the ordinances which you shall observe to do in the land which Yahweh, the God of your fathers, has given you to possess all the days that you live on the earth. You shall surely destroy all the places in which the nations that you shall dispossess served their gods, on the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree. You shall break down their altars, dash their pillars in pieces, and burn their Asherah poles with fire. You shall cut down the engraved images of their gods. You shall destroy their name out of that place. You shall not do so to Yahweh your God, but to the place which Yahweh your God shall choose out of all of your tribes to put his name there, you shall seek his habitation, and you shall come there. You shall bring your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, the wave offering of your hand, your vows, your freewill offerings, and the firstborn of your herd and your flock there. There you shall eat before Yahweh your God, and you shall rejoice in all that you put your hand to, you and your households, in which Yahweh your God has blessed you. You shall not do all the things that we do here today, every man whatever is right in his own eyes. For you haven't yet come to the rest and to the inheritance which Yahweh your God gives you. But when you go over to the Jordan and dwell in the land which Yahweh your God causes you to inherit, and he gives you rest from all your enemies around you, so that you dwell in safety... Then it shall happen that the place which Yahweh or God shall choose to cause his name to dwell there. There you shall bring all that I command you, your burnt offerings, your sacrifices, your tithes, the wave offering of your hand and all of your choice vows, which you vow to Yahweh. You shall rejoice before Yahweh your God, you and your sons, your daughters, your male servants and your female servants and the Levite who is within your gates. 
because he has no portion nor inheritance with you. Be careful that you don't offer your burnt offerings in every place that you see, but in the place which Yahweh your God chooses in one of your tribes, there you shall offer your burnt offerings, and there you shall do all that I command you. Man, if this isn't talking about how much God appreciates church in scripture, I don't know what else would be. Like this is very clear here, how much God loves the church. And I'm going to talk about that more in a moment here and how this entire portion translates for us nowadays. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But the first thing I want to talk about is the challenges that the Israelites might have when going into the promised land and seeing all these other places of worship. So the pagan people that lived in the promised land would have been worshiping fertility gods and gods of nature and and whatever else that they made up in their minds. And then they would erect these these images the made out of gold and silver. And then they'd build like temples and places of worship. And all of these things would be done with fine craftsmanship. It would be done very beautifully. And we know that based upon what like archaeologists dig up. Some of the, the ancient cultures, you know, put a lot of work and thought into the things that they were making. And that's why God says previously to this in a couple chapters that we read before this, he said, do not be tempted by the gold and the silver that are on the idols. But it would be the same thing for these places of worship, because here's what it says in verse two. You shall surely destroy all the places in which the nations you shall dispossess served their gods on the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree. So, I mean, that right there sounds to me like these temples that were put up for like places of worship for these little G gods were in very beautiful locations on mountains and and beautiful like vistas that you could look out and and see and worship or whatever. And so, yeah, I mean, the Israelites would probably have a very hard time destroying something that looked so nice. But God is like, no, I don't want anything to do with that. I don't want any any part of that evil worship that was going on, uh, because these these people, these pagans were not worshiping God. They were worshiping other things. And so whatever temples they were setting up were places of honestly debauchery and evil and all sorts of crazy things that went on in these temples because God even says that uh, children were being burned in these temples, like human sacrifices were going on. So why would God want those places of worship where so much debauchery and sin went on? He wouldn't want the Israelite people, his children, who are supposed to be set apart from that, set apart as holy, He wouldn't want them worshiping there where all that crazy and evil stuff took place. God says, destroy it. Destroy everything. It says in verse three, you shall break down their altars, dash their pillars into pieces, burn their Asherah poles with fire. You shall cut down the engraved images of their gods. You shall destroy their name out of that place. So God wanted those little G gods their names to be completely eradicated, erased and destroyed so that people wouldn't be tempted to go back and worship that little G God again. And the Israelites were supposed to do this and only worship Yahweh God because Yahweh God is God. He is the truth. He is the real and only God. And then it goes on to say that Yahweh wants a a specific place set up for him 
where his name will be. And what I think is interesting about this is actually at the very end in verse 13, it says, be careful that you don't offer your burnt offerings in every place that you see, but in the place which Yahweh chooses. In other words, these burnt offerings, which were often considered to be gifts to God, they weren't supposed to be like done out in the middle of a field somewhere or, you know, done over here or done over there, because then not only would people start falling into uh, worshiping God the way they want to worship God and starting to twist everything that God said, they also wouldn't be having communion with other people, which is very important to God. God wants people to have communion with other people, to have a a fellowship with other people. And that's the point of church nowadays. We don't go to church just to listen to the sermon, sit there bored for an hour and then leave. We go there to edify other people. That is quite literally the point of church, to worship together, to, to build each other up and to edify each other. And God loves this. He loves when his children come together to worship him. So if people just start offering their gifts wherever they want to offer them, that is contrary to what God wants, because he wants people to gather together. This is why I can't stand certain songs that are just like, I don't need to go to church in order to worship God, because there's a lot of famous songs and popular songs like that right now. And uh, I, I hate those songs because, yes, we can, in fact, worship God everywhere. I, I believe that and I agree with that. But church is necessary and it is important. And if we're going to follow God the way God asks us to follow him, we need to go to church. And it actually says later on in scripture, it says, do not forsake the assembling together. And what that means is that we should not be choosing to not go to church. So the people that are just like, oh, I don't need to go to church to worship God. I can worship God just just fine from home. I can worship God just fine from, you know, wherever else I want to worship him. You might want to reevaluate that with scripture. And I'm not saying that it's wrong to take some time off from church. I've known people who have had to do that for various reasons, maybe sickness or illness, or they're in between churches due to a specific problem that happened at their church, or they're trying to find a God-honoring church to go to. But that, I believe, unless you are very, very sick and just cannot get up to go to church, I think that we should not be forsaking the assembly together because God does appreciate his children coming together to worship him in spirit and in truth, which is another verse that I can't specifically reference to you guys. <laughs> I don't know the passage of that one. I'm sorry. But my point is, is that us Christians nowadays, because God made it very clear from basically the beginning of time in the law that he wants us to gather together to worship him, we should be making that a priority for us to do. So yes, I do think that it is an important thing for us to find a church that aligns with our beliefs as best as we can. I know that there's going to be some differences and but honestly, just finding a church that best aligns with biblical values is what we should be focused on trying to achieve and then going and enjoying it and not just going to, you know, sit there and listen and then leave. But actually being a part of that community, being a part of the serving there, I think is also biblical. And so, yeah, I mean, finding a church 
And worshiping God the way he requires of us is extremely, extremely important. And that includes for us to go to church, even though it might be difficult some days. And I do understand that. Um, I've had my fair share of church problems throughout my life, which I think, I don't know if I've actually talked to you guys about. (laughs) I have quite a checkered church history, but just because we have been hurt by a church in the past, that doesn't mean that we don't ever go to church ever again. Humans fail, but God still requires of us to worship together as best we can. But here in verse eight of Deuteronomy 12, it says, God says, you shall not do all the things that we do here today. Every man, whatever is right in his own eyes. So what God is saying there is that the Israelite people in the wilderness were not doing what God required of them to do. They were kind of just like out in the wilderness, sort of doing and worshiping however they wanted to worship, even though they had the law. A lot of it wasn't in place yet because God did say, once you get to the promised land, this is how you're going to worship me. But until that point, the Israelites were kind of just worshiping God however they felt like and weren't worshiping God the way he commanded them based upon the law. So God says, once you get to the promised land, you're not doing that anymore. Instead, you're going to follow the laws. You're going to go to that place of worship that I set up, that I choose. You're going to rejoice in me, you're going to eat with me, you're going to sacrifice your burnt offerings, your wave offerings, your vow offerings, everything in this one specific place. You're going to rejoice. Verse 12, you shall rejoice before Yahweh your God, you, your sons, your daughters, your male servants, your female servants, and the Levites. So everyone together, regardless of status, was supposed to worship God. And this kind of brings me to the New Testament once again, where Paul says in Galatians, which by the way, I told you guys the the other day that I went through the book of Galatians and I definitely recommend reading it in order to understand the Old Testament law better. But one of the verses in Galatians says that there is no more male and female. There is no more slave and free. There is no more Jew and Gentile, basically. Everyone is one under God. But that is exactly what this looks like here in verse 12. Everyone should be rejoicing in God. The sons, the daughters, the male servants, the female servants, the Levites who are supposed to be the priests. So everyone together, there was no status. Everyone was God's child. Everyone was supposed to be worshiping God together. And how do they worship God together? Here's what it says. Rejoicing before Yahweh. I think that is one of the things that churches nowadays is like missing the most. I've been to a lot of services in my lifetime, particularly at the Baptist church that I grew up in. Man, those worship services were so boring. There was no rejoicing over God. There was no rejoicing in the music we were listening to. It was kind of just us like all standing there with our hands to the sides and singing like a him. And I'm not saying that that is necessarily wrong. And I'm sure that there are churches that do that, that have a lot of rejoicing. And there's a lot of people that love those old hymns, which I do. I Don't get me wrong. I love old hymns. I grew up on them. Like How Great Thou Art, one of my favorite songs like ever, especially the way uh, Carrie Underwood does it. So beautiful. But <laughs> my point with all of this is, is that we are supposed to be rejoicing before God. That is a part of worship. 
And I mean, what's another verse that I can think of? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say it, rejoice. So we are, that's another active part of worship, not just going to church, but going to church with the heart of wanting to rejoice in God. And to conclude, I think that too often we here in America and probably most of the Western world, we don't do things the way God requires of us in a lot of ways when it comes to worshiping and when it comes to church. I think we're more like the Israelites in verse eight, where we kind of just do whatever is right in our own eyes when it comes to church. And sometimes we don't go to church. Sometimes we go to church with the attitude of just getting in and out to check a box, which is where I used to be, by the way. I'm not judging anybody for that because that was literally my life. But as a whole, I think we need to be teaching our congregation how to rejoice in God, how to worship him in spirit and in truth. Because that is so important to God. He, he made it so clear in the Old Testament how important it was to him that we are happy and joyful and rejoicing and coming together in fellowship. And here's what it also says, eating in like in fellowship with God, basically. And like I always say, because this is important to God that we worship him like this, that we don't just do whatever we want. And we worship God the way God commands us. I challenge you guys to read your Bibles this week and try to find verses regarding worship, worship of God, and see what those verses have to say and maybe try to apply one of them to yourself this upcoming week. And that's my challenge for you guys. And I think I'm going to partake in that challenge also. But friends and faithful listeners, I do hope that you enjoyed this episode and that you learned a little bit more about worship, how we're supposed to worship God in spirit and in truth. And if you liked this episode, please share it on your social media platforms. And I do want to say, I am so thankful to everybody who gave a gift to P40 Ministries. Your gifts have not gone unnoticed. And so I do want to come on here and just say thank you so much. I am very appreciative of anybody who donated or gave a gift in the year of 2022. So thank you so, so much. But friends and faithful listeners, I'm going to be having a special guest on the podcast uh, pretty soon here in the next week. And I know this young man, he is a... uh, He was a youth leader and still is a youth leader. He just has a great heart. So he's going to be coming on the podcast next week. So stay tuned for that. But friends and faithful listeners, I will see you bright and early tomorrow morning for an episode out of John. Happy listening and God bless.